Good morning, I'm Andrea Fichera, and this is the Word in 7 Minutes for Tuesday, September 29, 2016. Jerusalem makes farewell to Shimon Peres, a key figure of Israel and its people, fighting for the establishment of the state. Flag at half-mast and tight security, his coffin has been exposed on the forecourt of Knesset, the parliament, as happened not so long for Ariel Sharon. The last father of Israel died at age of 93 last night, killed by a stroke that seemed at first not to have prevailed until the end. Israeli police deployed thousands of agents across Jerusalem to ensure that the day continues without incident. Many roads will be closed to traffic to facilitate the arrival of international delegation that tomorrow will participate to the funeral. Tomorrow morning, on Mount Herzl, the solemn funeral at it was for Rabin, Expected, in addition to Obama, Secretary of State John Kerry, the German Chancellor Angela Merkel, French President François Hollande, the Prince of Wales Charles and many other international politicians. Peres won the Nobel Prize for his role in 1993 Oslo Peace Accord with Itzhak Rabin and Yasser Arafat. But still, some see him as a criminal, accusing him of being behind the 1996 attack on a village in Lebanon that killed more than 100 people. He was also considered the initiator of Israel's secret nuclear weapons program. On the internet, the debate is more heated than ever. On one side, there are those who consider him a beacon of peace in a world at war. On the other, those who consider him as a war criminal who has never paid for his crimes, like the Palestinian-American writer Ali Abunima, who wrote on Twitter, Shimon Peres has died without facing justice for his crime in Palestine and Lebanon. A tragedy for its victims. Now let's move in Asia, where tensions are still high between the Pyongyang regime and South Korea. Today, a North Korean soldier had crossed the border between the two countries to defect. The soldier defected across the centralist portion of the military demarcation line, a 2.5 mile wide demilitarized zone that separates the countries. More than 1,000 North Koreans defect to South Korea every year, most travel via China. There have also been several high-profile defections. The most prominent was the former London-based diplomat, Tae Yong-ho, defection that caused an embarrassing blow to the government of North Korea. After her claiming to be craving a more liberal existence and saying Kim Jong-un regime was at a breaking point, with many senior figures also on the brink of fleeing. Another defection occurred in April, when a senior colonel of the North Korean Reconnaissance General Bureau handed himself over to the southern state. The Reconnaissance General Bureau covered espionage operation against South Korea. Therefore, the desertion of a colonel provides clue to the precarious strength of the North Korean government. Talking of government, the investigation that revolves around the corruption scandal involving high level of Brazilian politics is widening. While anti-corruption investigation expands to more high officials from the administration of ex-president Lula da Silva, Brazilian police arrested former chief of staff and finance minister Antonio Palocci. The arrest is the latest phase of Operation Car Wash, the federal probe into the Petrobras scheme, which has led dozens of politicians and some Brazil's richest businessmen to be charged or convicted. Prosecutors accused Palocci of having a criminal relationship with the Oderbrecht construction company by facilitating contracts worth millions through Petrobras for the company and obtaining financially benefit from those actions. 
prosecutors alleged that Odebrecht paid more than 100 million reis in bribes to members of Mr. Da Silva Workers' Party, including to Mr. Palocci, in return for winning contracts with the state-controlled oil company Petrobras. Shifting our focus on a different story now. According to a Dutch-led investigative team, the surface-to-air missile that downed the Malaysian Airlines flight MH17, killing all people abroad, came from Russia and was fired from territory held by pro-Moscow separatists. The plane had departed from Amsterdam around noon on July 17, 2014, and was supposed to land in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, around midnight, after about 12 hours of flying. On board were 283 passengers from different countries and 15 crew members. They all died in the accident. Joint investigation team said to have identified 100 people connected to the launch and transport of the Buick missile, but so far nobody has yet been formally indicted. Reconstruction footage released by investigators contains photos and video that show the missile launcher on a truck traveling through the city of Donetsk towards the launch site and subsequently driven back across the Russian border early the next morning. Also on Thursday, a report released by Amnesty International estimates that from January to September 9, 2016, were conducted probably at least 30 chemical attacks in Sudan, near the Jebel Mar area, and up to 250 people, including many children, may have died as a result of exposure to the chemical agents. The UK-based rights group has come to these disturbing conclusions through satellite imagery, over 200 in-depth interviews with survivors and analysis of dozens of chilling images of children with terrible wounds. Sudan's UN ambassador, Ahmed Dahab Fad Mohamed, said in a statement that the allegation of use chemical weapons by Sudanese armed force is baseless and fabricated, and that his country doesn't possess any kind of chemical weapons. Darfur has been racked by conflict since 2003, when rebels took up arms against the government. The Hague International Criminal Court issued an outstanding arrest warrant for Sudanese President Omar Assad al-Bashir for war crimes, genocide and crimes against humanity. That's all for today. Subscribe or follow the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit the website at thewordin7minutes.com. As always, thanks for listening.